I feel that if we can just set this precedent for of holistic preparation for consciously creating life, then each generation, like I just get excited about what that would look like. That's that's the that's the big picture. It should have started with your grandmother, you know. <laughs> it's already begun when you're born. It's already begun. It's before that because you know, as women, like we were already potentialized in our mother's and our grandmother's womb because they had all their ovaries at that time. So, so magical, by the way. Just yes, that, like so profound. amazing. Yes, you're listening to the Well Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Lee, women's menstrual cycle educator, natural fertility coach, and daytime mermaid. This is a place where we discuss all things periods, poo, ovulation, fertility, and sex. Join me weekly as we rediscover our menstrual cycles, unlock its superpowers, and guide you back into your cyclical nature. You're tuning in to episode 219 of the Well Woman podcast. Now, before you tune out, this is the episode about conscious conception. And I just want to make a little note here that conscious conception is not just three months or one year before you plan to conceive or plan to start a family. It can be for many, many years before that. And our beautiful guest today, Jocelyn Gordon, is going to guide us through conscious conception, what it is why we need to think about it, how we can prepare physically, how we can prepare spiritually, and how the journey is not always sometimes just that three-month journey like I mentioned. Jocelyn actually shares her 10-year preconception journey and then her one-year long preconception program that she took before conceiving her seven-year-old child who she has now. And the reason why I reached out to Jocelyn to join us on this show is because she is a conscious conception coach and she helps women and couples up-level their health and vitality before conception and during pregnancy. Her work supports women with fertility, embodiment, and leadership. As a somatic wisdom guide, conscious conception coach, and author, she shows ambitious and time-strapped women how to connect with their bodies and intuition so they can overcome external validation, seeking, access their inner wisdom, put old wounds to rest and claim their magnificent gifts of creation, helping them conceive consciously. So this is a very juicy episode. Now, recently I put out on my Instagram that I always say the word juicy. And so someone suggested I should say moist instead. So this is a moist episode, but this very, very much is a a topic that I absolutely love and is, you know, part of my life a lot at the moment with my circle of influence and my circle of friends and people. And I think that we can definitely live in a more conscious rising world with the beautiful art of conscious conception. And we're taking the woohoo out of it and giving you the beautiful guides and steps and how to embrace the journey of conscious conception. Jocelyn, welcome to the Well Woman podcast. Mm, I'm happy to be here. Feeling so well. It feels good to be with you. Mm, thank you for sharing. <laughs> and I'm just going to roll straight into our first question. What day of your cycle are you on and how are you tuning in and checking in with your body and yourself in this moment? Day 17, I realized um, I ovulated a few days ago. Um, I'm feeling in alignment. Last week was a really busy week for me, but it was in my you know, pre-ovulation, ovulation phase. So that felt really good. And I felt like really on task and inspired by that. And I'm feeling like optimistic at all about right now, this moment. So we are about to dive into a topic that I know that you love talking about and it's your core jam. So before we do though, there's going to be some listeners to um, the podcast here that have never heard of you before. And they've probably to be really frank, never heard of this concept we're going to be talking about either. And this is how we're bringing it to them. Awesome. But who are you, Jocelyn? And how (laughs) did you become a conscious conception coach? Tell us the journey. Oh my goodness. Um, Well, you know, that's the ever evolving question, right? Who am I? Um, However, I have been blessed to be a mother um, in this life and the mother line has always been a very strong focus in my life. Um, I'll go back a little. I'm the mother of two young queens, one age seven 
and one twenty-two. So I'm a bookend parent. I have a little and a big old. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> a little and a young adult. Um, my young adult is graduating from college next month, um, and my little is in the first grade. Um, both. I always knew I was going to have my second, all, very intentional. I didn't know there would be a 15-year gap, but that worked out pre uh, perfectly. Um, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a business owner. Uh, and my pillars, the pillars of my business would be um, or are fertility, embodiment, and leadership. So I know we're going to talk about the fertility component and conscious conception, Regarding embodiment, I created a holistic fitness practice that combines hula hooping with hatha yoga and mindfulness meditation. I that love that. Me, yes, that brought me to the Byron Shire a few years back. Um, and so that's called Hoop Yogini. And that's all about transformation being fun. And it is a bona fide physical fitness practice. So you get a workout. But to link our conversations, the hoop is so dear to me because it represents so many things. And one of those would be the cycle, the cycles, you know, the spiral we're so into. Um, and then the leadership is really supporting other women and healers to kind of do what I did, especially on their motherhood journey or in, um, in thinking about it to create their own online business and online courses and just really create a revenue generating um, product of value that helps them nurture their lifestyle and vision for family. So, um, you know, it's been a life journey. Um, but in terms of the fertility work, yeah, I was a doula before I even knew the word. So I literally didn't even know the word doula until, until 2016. And when I discovered it, I was like, oh, I've been doing that like my whole adult professional life, you know, supporting women in their childbearing year. Um, in particular, teaching pre, uh, prenatal yoga, giving prenatal massages, and helping a lot of women actually avoid chemical induction um, through hands-on acupressure work and reflexology. So that was extremely rewarding. Um, and then I also went through a 10-year preconception journey with the little one, Sienna, and that I guess we'll dive into. I won't spill all the tea now. I'll wait for your questions. But um, that 10-year journey just led me to more deeply study the birthing arts, which deepened when I lived in Bali, Indonesia, and I had the opportunity to volunteer at the Bumi Sahat Midwifery Clinic um, for Ibu Robin Lim to be a grandmother, a midwife in my life, a mentor in my life. I'm so grateful. And Ibu Robin was also present at Sienna's birth. So just that, that time, like as we got very close to Sienna manifesting in the world, was like deeply enriched by women and birth community. And then I just kept getting, you know, all this insight on the importance of importance spiritually of preconception preparation and also physically. And I think now more than ever, it's just a really important focus for our epigenetic, epigenetic, excuse me, well-being. Mm, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> a lot of words, a lot of big a fancy of words. words that mean really good things. Um, mm. You are my total vibe. I <laughs> love it. I'm like, oh, yes, I could do this with some acupressure in my pregnancy and yada, yada, yada. Um, yeah. I love it. I think that a lot is, you know, I could, we could go in so many directions here, but a lot has shifted and changed in the birthing world in the last decade. And mm. we're really starting to see the rise of you know, I don't like calling it feminine empowerment, but body knowledge and body yeah. wisdom being used to, you know, incarnate birth, beautiful souls into the world. And mm -hmm. I love your journey. Now, something you mentioned about your daughter, that she was a 10 year preconception journey, and we are going to be talking about conscious conception and preconception, but I'm sure there's some people thinking like, 10 year preconception wow. journey. Like what the fuck? <laughs> really? Is that yeah. really what we have to do 10 years? So tell us a little bit about that. Well, I first want to acknowledge my first baby who is Jordan and she is my first love and she's my surprise baby. Many of us have them, um, you know, and if we come from the paradigm of, you know, soul contracts and divine agreements, then, you know, we're all consciously conceived regardless of, you know, how it all happened. 
Um, so I'm very grateful to Jordan, like I said, my first love. And in many ways, we grew up together. I, I, I was pregnant with her at 26, and I really felt like a teenage mother. Like, really, God, you're trusting me with another soul? Like, am I immature enough to for this? <laughs> um, and around the time she was five, I just strongly, I just knew I had a direct knowing that another baby was coming. And anyone who knew me at that time, um, who are still people who know me now, they'll reflect on that time on how convicted I was. And so I was married at that time to a really lovely man who uh, whom, uh, eventually once pressed, I don't know why we didn't have this conversation before our, mar our marriage. It's an important one. And I, I help people have really important conversations <laughs> before they make lifelong decisions. Um, but it turns out he didn't really want to have a baby. He didn't really... Like he was keen um, being the stepfather to my child, but he just didn't seem to really want a biological child. Mm. And so um, we really didn't have much conflict in our marriage. There, there are a couple of other, we, but we just, our lives just weren't kind of going on the same path. And so we consciously uncoupled. So during the marriage, I knew a thousand percent that this other baby was coming, but I was like, I don't think my husband is the father. <laughs> so just a little bit interpretation of the time delay there. Um, and he turned out not to be that dad. So after our whole, you know, dissolving the marriage, lots happened, you know, a lot of grieving, um, natural process of loss, moving from the East coast of the United States to the West coast in the mountains of Big Sur, California. Um, there was a time that I knew I was going to meet Sienna's dad in Bali, a place that I was teaching every year and traveling to, um, sharing my gifts and learning. So again, that's the short form of the story, but in between the dissolution and moving to Bali, um, I felt this presence on the right side of my body. I just refer to it as the energy now known as Sienna. Um, I was very involved in the somatic arts and just having a really intensified sadhana and I feel that I was very attuned to the subtle people asked me well, like well how did you feel I was like I just was a, I was in the subtle realm as well as firmly grounded in this one um and I just felt it so that that was our spiritual connection and then I did meet Sienna's dad once we really got clear that we wanted to create life together, we had a year-long preconception preparation program, which included more of the physical components of diet, detox, um, womb massage for myself, et cetera, et cetera. I love this. This is such a juicy journey. Thank you for being so vulnerable and open and sharing it with us. Because I'm sure some people were like, what the fuck, a 10-year preconception Ten journey? I don't, yeah. I don't even know what I'm doing tomorrow let alone in 10 years um but it just goes to show that like that you can't you know change energy and you can't ignore energy and energy is such a great in yeah. you know guider and has so much wisdom in it and most people today are so disconnected from their bodies they don't even notice the energy um, but I do want to come and ask you about your year-long preconception journey and program and what that looked like for you. But before we do, let's talk about conscious conception and what actually is conscious conception, because most people just think of conception as like, oh, sperm meets egg, but actually right. the egg uses the sperm and yada, yada, yada. But what does conscious conception actually look like? Because it can feel really woohoo for the average person, but can you describe that to us? Sure. So, well, there's preconception preparation, which I think maybe to the mainstream mind is kind of like, I get it. Like you do stuff, you know, to get ready, you know, diet, you know, the physical preparation. And so there's that, um, conscious conception is an expanded version of preconception preparation where we're diving more into the spiritual nature, the intent, uh, one's relationship I refer to right now I refer to you know the most high as the most higher God so I'll just reference that term for myself other people relate to spirit or you know um but really connecting with creator and your own ability to create life as a woman um and really receiving that and so um I like to look at fertility and not just as the biological ability to create new life and a birth new life, 
but spiritually as the um, the energetics of abundance, overflow, and multiplication, um, which is what women do. We multiply. You know, there's there's a popular sermon from the states that's like, if you give a woman a home, a house, she'll make a home, and if you give a woman food, she'll make a meal. And if you give a woman sperm, she'll make a baby. So that's just like a natural aspect of what we do. And really tapping into that alongside with um, collaborating with this energy that wants to be born through you. So in my journey with Sienna and my relationship with God, it was like allowing myself intentionally to make plans, but really also trusting that I would be brought to all those sacred moments that would bring forward this conviction. Um, so it, it's a way of being, <laughs> it's a mm. way of life. Um, and then within that, there are several pillars, which includes the preconception preparation, the body literacy, as you mentioned earlier, the uh, fertility optimization, um, sacred sexuality, addressing our ancestral patterns of pain, um, lifestyle and family visioning. And then it can go through, I actually made a beautiful flower of life. Like one day I just got so much information and I made a flower of life because these, um, these possibilities are not static. They're not like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Like a lot of them are happening at the same time. Um, and then it's conscious conception really is conscious parenting. So once you conceive, then it's like, well, how do I create a peaceful space for gestation? How will I nurture a peaceful birth? What's my birth plan? And then it goes all the way to your value system, how you take care of your ch child and children. And what is your contraception plan for the next cycle round? Like, are you going to take another journey around that spiral? And what, what might that look like for an individual or, or family? So it really is conscious parenting and consciously reparenting oneself in the process. Mm, so deep. And your pillars are fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> really good. And I love this because the world that we live in, you know, I've been working with the menstrual cycle for close to 10 years now. And so much about what we do is in the world, not necessarily just for our cycle, but in the world is very masculinely driven. And it's very much like do the right thing with your movement and eat the right foods for your body. And you will have the body you desire and that you can plan everything to a T and that because you made the plan, you'll be able to execute it and do the tick and then move to the next step. But I love your pillars so much, particularly because they're all interconnected. It's like the systems of the body. Nothing works in isolation. Everything works in community and teamwork together. And ultimately my, my, my perspective of conscious conception is it's all the things overlapping and integrating together. Totally. So people are probably listening to this. I'd say half the listeners are listening to this, but yeah, I totally get this. And the other half are like, huh, what? Really? <laughs> So where do we start? Yeah. <laughs> so where do we go, start? So let's go back to the beginning, you know, the, the starting place. If you, Sorry. you know, we could go right back to partnership because I feel like you mentioned that you could feel your daughter's energy and the energy of the soul around you. And I'm, I'm, I kind of feel you might've read this book, Spirit, but have you read Spirit Babies? I did, but I do not. I don't like that book. Well, you don't, I, I'm great. But I know great, what we're talking great, about. Great feedback. But I think in the book, I find it really interesting that a yeah. male can have this, this soul and the spirit of the baby yeah. and bring that into the relationship. And sometimes it's the, it's the female, whereas most people just think, well, the woman is the one who carries the baby. So it births the baby. So it must be the woman. So we can actually start this well before partnership, because I think Absolutely. most people go, okay, I'm in a right partnership. My intention, my personal intention is to have a child or to start a family in the future. Now, what's the next step? And I love that you mentioned before about like, what are the important conversations to have before big lifelong decisions? <laughs> so let's talk about that. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Looking back at, you know, marriage and relationships. I'm like, oh, we probably, why didn't we have that conversation? <laughs> you know, like, and again, you can never... Like there's that, that the woman or the person that like really wants to do all the things and check all the boxes. And that's usually the woman also that needs that there's an invitation to like 
just get into the energetics of creativity and fertility. Um, and those are usually my, and I'll answer your question. I'm taking the female brain route. Um, those Sorry are usually, usually the women with whom I work one-to-one because they're often the women who are, and their partners that, who have tried. And at that point, they're usually considering or in a, a, a cycle with uh you know, IUI or IVF or some other science assisted reproductive technology. And so they're often the women who are like, I've tried everything that I'm willing to try this kind of like woo woo thing that my friend recommended with this, you know, interesting person. Um, me. <laughs> yeah. They're like, I'll try anything at this point because I've done all the things I've ticked all the boxes. Why isn't it working? And then that's when we usually get into, you know, the container, um, because usually with that type of personality, the rigid, there's a rigidity around the container, but there are also some boundaries like in life that are just way too loose. So we're looking more at their lifestyle and they're, they're a lot of times they're the women who are like, still have their regular work schedule while they're going through an IUI IVF round. <laughs> like there's no boundary <laughs> around the demands on the body, <laughs> much less the space required to really um, embody fertility. So where do we start? It depends on the stage, you know, for that woman, it's like when she's tried everything, you know, um, for the clients in my group coaching program, which are usually they're usually about 35 and up, but they still have that spaciousness. Like I'll get married, I'll get pregnant in six months or a year or even three, like I'm cool. Um, there's still a little bit of type A in the mindset, but um, there's also an awareness. There's just, you know, this sincerity of like, I just want to be the best version of myself before all of this happens. Um, so where do we start? We start with the why. <laughs> mm. We said the why could be I have family trauma that I do not want to perpetuate. The why could be like um, I've been dealing with an endocrine autoimmune situation, and I just want to like really deal with that the best that I can before, in the most natural way before I go to some other route. Um, the why could be. I'm thinking this is the person, but I'm not sure. So where, you know, I want to be like, oh, you start with your, the 21 day fertility lifestyle reset. Sure. You know, like I want to say that for the person who's like, well, where do I start first? But it kind of, it really is determined by your why. It doesn't work <laughs> like that. I'm sorry. There's no one size fits all caftan for your yeah. journey. <laughs> yes. But I do offer a 21 day fertility lifestyle reset journey, but I'm never like, do this first. It's kind of like, we need to know your why and what your timeline is. And then from there, then we like work through the interventions. Mm, beautiful. I, when I think of why I also think of the intent, like the intention, yeah. like what is your, and I always think like intent, like in the tent. So what is okay. your intention with that? And most people don't even know what their intention is. They just think, well, that's the next thing that you do, right? When you're this age and when you get to this length in your relationship and all of your mm -hmm. friends have kids, it doesn't that mean I need to do that too. Yeah. And thank fuck we live in the 21st century now. It's okay to do things differently. Yeah. And you know, I'm very, very grateful to be, you know, to have the opportunity to be a creative creatrix of a woman now in this era, as opposed to a hundred years ago, 200 years ago and so on. So very grateful for that, as I'm sure you are also. And not just era, but, but we're, we're, you know, we're first world nation women because there mm. are still other women on the planet that just are in a different paradigm. So very, thank you for, for speaking to that too. This episode is proudly sponsored by USANA Health Sciences, my number one nutritional supplement choice. I've been using these products and paying to use these products for well over 10 years because their quality far exceeds the rest. Yep, they're manufactured to a pharmaceutical grading, which means they're made to the highest standards of manufacturing for nutritional products in the world. 
Personally, every day I use these products, just a part of my healthy regime, just like brushing my teeth. I found their products to really be transformative for my own personal PCOS journey, keeping my skin radiant, my energy balanced and a healthy digestive system. Every day I use the prenatal cell essentials because I believe a prenatal is a foundation for all types of cycle health, not just for preconception and pregnancy, a mercury free fish oil, a probiotic to support my past leaky gut experience. And of course, a magnesium calcium with vitamin D. This blend is fantastic for my inner autumn. And I always take a little bit more before I begin bleeding. So I have a smooth transition into my next menstrual cycle. To learn more and try these products and discover them for yourself, I have a cheeky up to 20% discount for you. Head to gemmalee.usana.com to learn more and save. That's gemmalee.usana.com. So let's move forward to the women who are ready to create they're ready to take the conception journey what's the next step because everyone's conception journey can be different like you said 10 years and then you also said okay then you had a year-long preconception kind of program that you took yourself through so what is your optimal time frame is it one to three years is it three plus (laughs) Tell us the inside. Yeah. Well, for me, like in my dreamy version, I'm like three years or more. Like that's my dreamy version. That's like my dreamy ideal client. Like the woman's like, I get this, like I'm down, you know, um, in reality, it's in that three months to one year in terms of the women with whom I actually work. Mm. Um, and so in terms of physical preparation pillars that are in that, um, not all of them, but some of them include um like like the lifestyle reset so you know looking at our actual lives looking at our habits like all the things are we smokers are we drinkers like what's our exercise life like um what's our sleep like what are we eating are we eating nutrient-dense foods are we eating fertility optimizing foods um again this is kind of like in the core physical preparation pillar Um, what about, um, reducing toxic load? So we know where unfortunately our environments are inundated with toxins. And again, for the type A mind, we we can't really get rid of them, but we can just create a favorable, uh, condition in our body to just really move them out in the most efficient way. So reducing toxic load is like doing an audit of what you have in your home and, you know, minimizing, reducing those off-gassing, um, you know, the furniture, the um, getting rid of nonstick pans, like minimizing your PBAs. Um, getting, I think everyone at this level probably knows, like, we shouldn't really be using plastics all the time. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, making sure we're drinking like the best quality water, water possible. Um, Then there's navigating our stress because stress there's scientifically just like our lifestyle and our uh, exposure to toxins, stress affects our fertility, which is a, you know, you know, I'm sure you've read the fifth vital sign, Uh, our menstrual cycles, our hormonal cycles are expressions of our level of health. Mm. So Lisa's been uh, on the show actually. Oh, so cool. (laughs) She's great. Yes. I haven't had the pleasure of meeting her, but, um, you know, very appreciative of her work. So yeah, these are all endocrine disrupting influences, toxins, habits, stress. So, um, looking at our stress triggers, our circumstantial stress triggers and leading into one of the fourth, um, pillars is, um, Uh, addressing our, to the best of our ability, our intergenerational trauma, because, you know, trauma in the body is like persistent, unresolved stress. Um, And it makes us more like trigger sensitive, these unresolved intergenerational trauma imprints. Um, And so that, that's a big one, you know, otherwise known as ancestral healing or embracing our epigenetic potential. Um, here, there's a, a test called the ACE score test. Mm. It's a measure of adverse childhood experiences. And, you know, it's not a complete test and it does have a lot of uh, racial biases. 
But at the end of the day, it's a really enlightening test where um, over 10 questions measures how many adverse childhood experiences one has had under the age of 18. And those numbers are directly related to chronic diseases, um, mental health patterns, and like states of existence, like poverty and, you know, substandard housing, X, Y, Z. Um, and as sad as it can be for a lot of people to find out their ACE score, because unfortunately, you know, quite a few of us may have, you know, a four and up, it's still, I have found it to be very empowering if you allow it to be. And so that's just a trade secret is that I have my clients identify their ACE score, which can lead to conversations about th those ACEs, but also like how we want to disrupt because most of us coming to this work are already disruptors in our lineage, but can we take it a step further as we're faced with, you know, becoming parents and how we actually literally want to do things differently, not just have a vague idea of what that might be. Mm. And I think it's also important to know that it's possible to do things differently, Yeah, you know, is. and to have the community or like you said, reaching out to a coach or a guide or a teacher who can mm -hmm. demonstrate that these things are actually possible too. And yeah. I know we're talking about this being like the year long plan, but I know for me, when I was diagnosed with leaky gut back in 2013, mm. end of 2012, started 2013, I went through this big cleaning out of my body. And I knew that I really wanted to be a birth mother in this, like in this lifetime. And it was like a year or so later that I discovered I cleaned everything, like did the whole house thing. I did the whole, I'll make my own shampoo and conditioner and have a whole family go. and forest of ants in my shower at the same time, <laughs> thanks to the honey that I put in my shampoo and conditioner. And um, so I did all of that. But then when I decided to come off the contraceptive pill, that was like the final uh -huh. little gold nugget for me. And that was, God, 10 years ago now. And yeah. Since then, if you're thinking, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, geez, Jocelyn, that's a lot to do in three to three to 12 months, is that if you have an intention or even have the energy going, you know what, maybe I'd like to do that in the future, conceive and, you know, have a family, even if you don't know who the fuck you're going to do that with. But even if it feels like that, those little things, especially cleaning up your stuff that you put on your body, or what yeah. you put in your house and clean your house with. If you just did one new product a month and you did that for two years, like you would have completely changed all of the things that you use. And totally. that could be five years before you conceive, three years, two exactly. years. So like lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's it is a lot to do in three to twelve months if you're coming to the to the Jocelyn coaching table and you're like, okay, I've done all the things and they're not working. Give me the witchiness. What can I do next? And these are really simple things. And I think we get yeah. we just make them really complicated. So thank you. Oh, well, thank you. Um, yeah. And I think too, like that 10 year journey for me, like I already was established in a pretty clean lifestyle. So mm. for me, the preparation was a bit more just like mechanical, like making sure my womb was in the right place and just making sure, yeah, just nurturing that relationship with my womb. And of course we did a detox and everything. Um, but I agree with you. If That's why like my ideal dreamy client is like this person and this, this, these couples who are get it like three months before and they want to go through these stages. And it doesn't mean we need to be on a phone call every week, but having these like strategic calls, like every, you know, quarter and like once a year and like closer as things get towards that TT, TTC time. And um, yes. And it's like, I love working with my one-to-one -one clients and I love, you know, again, I just historically have found that they're usually the women who have like done all the things and they're at their final edge. And I just wish we had met earlier because I feel like even though I don't control conception, that's God's realm. I just feel that, you know, if the pre the detox had been there, if the looking at our life and boundaries had been there and et cetera, et cetera, the body literacy component, they probably could have saved a lot of time, a lot of money, because these fertility treatments are very expensive and a lot of heartbreak. Mm. And I also do find, you know, being a natural fertility educator myself, mm -hmm. that in sessions when I'm teaching clients the natural contraceptive methods to achieving pregnancy, 
is that if they've been through a process like IVF or alternate methods, there's always a little voice that they tell me about afterwards. Like, oh, well, I didn't know if it was really going to work. I didn't feel like it, but I just thought that was the best next avenue. And Mm -hmm. so my feedback to that is that if it's not a fuck yes, that I'm going to do this and this is 100% what I feel energetically supported for me and our journey, don't rush into it. Take an extra few days to sit with that. Maybe bleed on it. I love to say bleed on it. Wait for your next menstruation and bleed on it. And tune in, is there something else or is this the right avenue? Because I feel that not enough women and menstruators are trusting of the intuitive wisdom their womb gives them Mm. when there's so much juiciness in there. So I'd love to ask, we just went through the physical prep stuff. What about the energetic and the spiritual? I know you mentioned about sacred sexuality and spiritual connection, But what about in those three to 12 months leading up to the ideal intention of conception time, knowing that, that we could never plan it exactly, yeah, we um, what can we do energetically <laughs> and spiritually? If someone's listening is like, dude, I've done the toxic, redu- like reducing, I've cleaned up my body, I've cleaned up my home, I've done all the foods, I've blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. What's the energetic side that we can work on now? Oh gosh. You know, um, my paradigm is currently shifting around that, but you know, I, I know that a lot of people use the spirit baby um, book. I, I just want to acknowledge like- I You're not there. all for that though. So tell us, like, I'm not, do you have any I other resources? Felt, well, I was like, this book is a little creepy. And like, I did research on the author and there's very little information about this person. And that also kind of creeped me out. Um, but do I have any other books? The one I'm writing? <laughs> so when that comes Ooh, out, I don't know about you. this. Tell us more if you can. It's make space for a baby. So it's like a, a preconception preparation journey for the modern birthing people, family. Congratulations. Women. Yeah. Love it. So my courses, um, so I, my six month program is my accountability for creating the content for that and also allows me to be in service um, outside of my one-to-one um and so my little one might come inside might hear the door open yeah so one once you make that commitment to like do the preparatory things in the physical dimension. Again, these are like a Venn. This is like a flower of life. So if you're really feeling as my friend, another friend from Australia says a full body, yes, you are like, that is a body spirit confirmation right there. You're already going to like, your dreams are going to open up your, and you mentioned that menstrual cycle. (laughs) Um, you know, during our bleed time is one of the four times in the, our stages of life where DMT is released. Um, other stages include active birth, um, death, um, um, petit mort, so that would be orgasm in French, and then menstruation time. So for those of you dreamers, once you say yes, or even before, because many of you are already connecting with the energy that wants to be born through you, through your dreams. Um, but with your big yes, you're going to start receiving, you're going to just start seeing the signs around you. Um, I think it's helpful to, (laughs) um, just pay attention. Like for, so I actually have a, um, on-demand conscious conception immersion called birthing bliss. And Ibu Robin Lim is one of the contributors to that. And she shares fertility traditions from around the world. And so you might start seeing like a dragonfly or a butterfly or like your, your favorite flower, like everywhere, you know, or that when you see it, you know, like, hmm, I, I think that connects me with this energy that I'm, I want to, you know, consciously work with. Um, my daughter's father and I, just going back to what you were saying, like, it's usually this is kind of perceived as like a feminine, feminine, female focused thing. But we individually got the inspiration to bring in baby. And so when we met in Indonesia, we were like actively dating and actively honing, homing for that person. So I was very forthcoming in my dating life that this, like, I didn't wait to the third date, I, first date, like, this is what I'm down. This is what I'm doing. 
And so that just kind of cut through a lot of riffraff. And then we met and we're like, wow, he had the exact same intention, which is why he landed in Bali and I landed in Bali at the same time. Um, and then when we were full in our year long immersion, like op shop, that's such like a year part of the world thing. Um, he went to Australia and New Zealand for a time and I went to the States and he came back with like little baby shoes and, you know, I don't even like putting shoes on babies, but still like it, it was in his consciousness, you know, he brought back these little baby shoes and we just put them in a little specific place and our whole entire, not that you have to like tell everybody, but our whole entire community knew what our intention was. Mm. Um, your daily prayer practice, your meditation, your journaling. Um, there's this book called The Little Green Book, The Little Green Abundance Book. And that was like a really beautiful anchor for me um, as I was awaiting my daughter's, my child's father. Um, and it really is to help with the over-attachment to the idea <laughs> and the objectification of each task and the person or people who could be that potential mate. Um, so it's really like aligning with God and realizing that like our life is not dependent on anything outside of ourselves. It's not dependent, our happiness, our joy, our abundance is not dependent on any external circumstance. It's an internal job. So now once I've connected more with spiritual fertility and what I, that means, without having that language, I was already aligning that in that preconception year or two years is to cultivate that inner experience and energy of abundance mm. um, and relationship with creator. A lot of words. I feel so American in this conversation. I'm like, oh, we talk so much. No, <laughs> that's just the whole point of me interviewing you on the podcast. Um, <laughs> they're great words because I love that you just mentioned it's an internal job, but also how important it is to be vulnerable and share your intentions and your desires with others. Like you were saying that, you know, we made sure that people, we were driving around with it. I just had a big someone <laughs> driving around in a car with a big megaphone like we are planning on conceiving in the next year yeah. like we're not talking about driving around the neighborhood like that but in general conversations sharing that intention is also really really beautiful because it cultivates the energy as you said and it makes it part of conversations and I yeah. think that what once used to be something that you know was like oh they're pregnant oh, so they do have sex. Oh, okay. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, no fucking shit. They had sex to fall pregnant most for most people, most people or they're yeah. in a, or they're in a, or they're in a relationship and they are sexually active or they are individuals who are sexual beings choosing to create on their own. And I think that's really beautiful too, but it is an internal job and there's so many things that you can do. And there's so, I, one thing I always think, Jocelyn, is they're so simple that they're so simple to not do that people mm. just won't do them. Like who's going to commit to having a daily affirmation and a daily prayer about consciously conceiving? Most people are like, oh, I don't have time for that. Like, but those are the little things that are really. Those are the things. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the woohoo that you didn't want to do before that you should probably start doing right now. So these are really beautiful insights. Thank you. Um, I wanted to to touch on like what is the optimal time frame for preconception care? I know you mentioned you had the ten year vision and the intention, but then also the one year you could call it the the pregnancy program or you know the boot camp that you put yourself through. But what is your um, if someone's listening to this and let's just say they're in their their maiden stage of their life still, they're not yet to step into that motherhood, and they're like. I can see that happening for me and maybe like three, five, 10 years. That's my intention and my direction yeah. of life. What's a good time frame for someone to actually start really giving a fucking shit about this stuff? <laughs> yeah. Well, really epigenetically speaking, conscious conception, preconception preparation would have started a generation ago. It would have started with your mom or with your grandmother. So we actually have this beautiful space in our 
lineage to make this a precedent, you know, um, that, you know, kind of like when we look at epigenetic science, which to me was already validated by seven generations theory, not theory, but wisdom that, you know, every decision we make, we should consider its impact seven generations forward. Now, do I follow that wholeheartedly all the time? No, but I do. I think it's an actual jam. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. And so that's just a validation of epigenetic science that, you know, our ancestors' experiences and environments, traumas and blessings affect our, the way our genes express now. So I feel that if we can just set this precedent for of holistic pre preparation for um, consciously creating life then each generation. Like, I just get excited about what that would look like. Um, so that's, that's the, that's the big picture. It should have started with your grandmother, you know, <laughs> it's already begun when you're born. It's already begun. It's before that, because, you know, as women, like we were already potentialized in our mothers and our grandmother's womb because they had all their ovaries at that time. So, so magical, by the way, yeah, like so amazing. Yes. Yes. Like the whole fractal of it all. So it really, quote unquote, should have had already happened. Um, so just consider yourself on the le leading edge. If you're like a yes to this, you are just like, so cool. <laughs> um, and then yes. the, again, it's, you know, it's just, if we're speaking just like really physiologically and like creating the best quality sperm, like optimizing our sperm quality, um, that takes a minimum of three months. If we're just talking about like the food and the lifestyle reset and that kind of thing and getting off the birth control, because that's a huge component as well. Um, then it's a minimum of three months. If we're talking about like this broader kind of like lifestyle dropping into the vision, like making some strategy and preparation with our jobs and our careers and our location and really cultivating our village then that's kind of like a, that one to three year range. Mm. And by the way, you can still do a lot of this when you're pregnant. So I don't want to exclude anyone who's like, oh crap, I'm pregnant now. I didn't do all that. Like I am happy to work with you during your pregnancy time to still, you know, do this work. It's just that, you know, I don't want to overly niche myself, but I'm totally stoked about preconception preparation, but I'm stoked about the entire childbirthing year. Um, yeah, I... My daughter, my eldest one is 22 and she declared and she's finishing college. She doesn't have a part gentleman boyfriend. She wants to get married within, you know, the next two, three years. I hope that happens for her, but she's like, she's already declared mom. I am a, in a, I am consciously conceiving right now. I am in a conscious conception space. She's declared that like, how sweet is that? It just touches my heart. Um, mm, she especially at the age of 22. 22. Yeah. And like with her first sexual experience, like her, you know, her first her she's had just one partner, but like, you know, she always saw me do like, I haven't used the pill since I was 18. So she, I was always ready, like aligned with my cycle and working that for con contraception. But, you know, I, for her, she's like, mom, that feels really scary for me. Like, I don't know if I'm mature enough. Like, I'm scared. Like, what if I mess up? I don't want to slip up on this. So she chose, I'm spilling all her tea. I think it's okay though. Um, she chose this other birth control method, but, you know, I'm kind of grateful because she had like a, a bad experience, <laughs> a clear bad experience early on. And she's like, okay, I'm not doing that. So developing that body literacy, you know, the work that you do in teaching women how to understand their cycle and trust their cycle, like develop that as soon as you can. Like we, you know, we should, again, I don't like that word should, cause it's connected with shame, but I'll use it in this moment. We should be teaching our children that, like we will be from now on we will, it be. will be we're doing that yeah. we are teaching our children that um early on so yeah i think that's my my question my answer to that it starts now it starts now and i yeah. love what you mentioned about the pregnancy because it's never too late and i just want to speak to that for a moment if that's okay mm -hmm. in um in 2020 i had an unplanned pregnancy 
um, outside of my ovulation window. I actually conceived on my lunar ovulation. Oh yeah, that and can happen. I didn't know about my lunar ovulation at that time and or about lunar ovulation, lunar fertility, but I now teach that in my certified fertility program. But that's not the reason why I'm sharing it is that at that time I was like, holy fuck, there was all these things I wanted to do before conception. And then I had this moment of surprise conception. Now, because of the situation that was in, it was very messy, traumatic, very after a very fucked up, messy breakup that I chose mm-hmm. to terminate. And, you know, after connecting with the soul of the child, that was the best option for both of us. Mm-hmm. And I can really resonate with the women who are pregnant or have had an unplanned pregnancy. And they're like, oh my God, there's all these other things that I really wish I had that time to welcome in. You know, my best friend conceived, um, you know, unplanned and she has the most beautiful little son now. And it is so possible to bring those things in to continue the consciousness beyond conception. Would you like to share a little bit about that before we wrap up? Oh, sure. I think that's why, like my, again, my larger connection with conscious conception is conscious parenting, Mm. because it really gives you that opportunity to just start intentionally walking that path. And along that lines, do your conscious reparenting, because ultimately, you know, you're going to go through your own, that inner work that we kind of touched on before. So also we can't ever be prepared for all the things. Sometimes the things have to happen and and through the initiation, we become prepared. Like, so um, psychologically, as soon as you find out you're pregnant, there is a cycle, there is an immediate psychological shift that you're not the person you were before. Everything has forever changed. And so with that, that is so beautiful that then you can say, or maybe have more conviction to be like, okay, I'm really ready to gracefully um, you know, look at some things in my life that maybe have been challenging to look at the ancestral stuff. And, you know, sometimes it's like in yoga where, or any kind of devotional practice where sometimes it, you know, you can get through the tapas, the heat and the effort of it all. If you devote it to someone else, you know, you can kind of show up a bit more consistently. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's, when you're pregnant, that's, you know, someone else exists right inside of you. Pregnancy is the toughest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a yeah. really, really beautiful way to look at the fact that yoga is not just on the mat. Yoga is life. No. And that's a great analogy for, <laughs> for, for the yogi in all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you so much for sharing. I do have a final question before I get you to share how we can find you and connect with you. Yeah. For everyone who's listening to this and have has found the topic and the title of conscious conception, and they're like, I need to know about this because I would like to consciously conceive, regardless of their timeframes, what are the top three to five things you would recommend that they could begin doing from today to yeah. activate conscious conception within them? Whether it's in 20 years time, 10 years, five, three, sure. two, one. Well, I'm going to do a plug, but they can buy my, my on-demand program. It's called birthing bliss. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm, I offer that like with sincere, like with sincerity. Um, if you're curious about a deeper conversation, that is eight hours of conversation about preconception preparation, womb reconnection and ancestral healing, um, in four, two hour classes with me, combined with wisdom for uh, four other master teachers, including Ibu Robin Lim and a herbal uh, herbalist. Um, my, one of my, the women is my spirit, one of my spiritual mothers, who's all about energy, vibration, consciousness. So we take that conversation to a whole nother level of like, you know, transforming communities through conscious conception. Um, and she'll use the term raising the vibration on the planet, which, you know, or just, you know, doing our, doing our little part to make things better. Um, and then one of my friends, Dr. Kelly is actually a trauma informed therapist working with a lot of like people who have undergone sexual assault. And unfortunately that's like too many of us women. So I just genuinely offer that up as a space to dive into. Um, 
two, you know, I really like what you said earlier, like do a household audit, um, start researching, like do a cosmetic audit, um, mm-hmm. a audit. Um, what is it? The world health organization has a whole website. It's actually listed in my course. I forget the exact website, but you can act, you can Google it or chat GPT it. You can look up your favorite products and brands, and it will give you the level of their cleanliness, um, in terms of chemicals and processes. Um, so start, start with your deodorants, what you put on your skin, your makeup, your cleansers. Um, so what was that? What was that? Three, get my course, (laughs) check your, your products, make a commitment to rehaul your cosmetics, just basically anything you put on your skin. Um, you can also do a, do your wellness checks. This is kind of like in my make space for a baby course, start here. It's like, these are our initial steps. And one of them is get your labs done. It's like, you know, Hey, I'm not the most doctor, like doctor, doctor person. I just go to get like the diagnosis. And then I go treat myself. I create my own like holistic treatment plan, but like know where you stand with things like Mm. sexually transmitted infections, autoimmune stuff, endocrine, like just know where you stand so that you can come up with a treatment plan um, for getting yourself in an optimized position before. Mm. So I I love that. That's Can I add, I just want to add to the blood, the blood checklist and Mm -hmm. a couple of episodes prior to this episode, we actually interviewed Nat Kringunis and talked about getting blood work done, Mm -hmm. but specific for preconception. This is something that I did back in 2015. The first time I did it is I had my AMH levels checked and that's because I had yeah, yeah, so I I'd, I had PCOS after coming off the pill. I was diagnosed with PCOS, and I was like, "Well, that's my intention in the future." Like, I didn't end up doing it with my ex partner, but yeah. um, that was still my intention. And I was like, "Well, I need to know what well, is this even possible?" And so, there's other things you can get checked if you're on that preconception, you know, journey. And I love that you said that a lot of your clients, you know, can be 35 plus. I'm turning 37 this year, and yet to you know birth babies into the world. And I really believe that, you know, this is me on a little rant here, but fuck the word geriatric. Oh, man, yeah. We could do a no, whole podcast episode. We don't remember that. that. Um, is that it doesn't take into account the health of your actual body. It just takes into account the how long you've been on the planet. And I think getting your AMH level tested, you know, if you feel like you have had a challenge with, say, PCOS, getting your, you know, follicles tested, find out how many follicles you do have, et cetera, et cetera. There's lots of things you can actually do. So I love that you added that in as well, because they're the practical things that you can definitely check off the list to have done. Yeah, they're, they're definitely part of the practical checklist. And I just want to say too, for those of us who have had conceptions and pregnancies, but for whatever reasons didn't birth full term, I still feel like we're mothers because I still feel like, again, that psychological shift, again, the moment you found out you were pregnant, mm-hmm. you know, because the, you decided to end that pregnancy doesn't mean like you canceled <laughs> that initiation as mother, like that you were forever changed by both of the awareness and the decision that you made. So I just want to offer that to women, especially who have had to make that difficult decision regarding abortion or who have had a miscarriage or a stillborn baby um, or an infant mortality in the first year, like you've still crossed a threshold of the mother initiation. Mm. Um, I hope that's comforting to some. I mean it as a comforting awareness. Mm, Very. And I also feel that for women who are say in their late thirties and they've had other focuses in their life before they decide they want to enter the conception realm is that, you know, Janine Pravati Baker's work, um, Jane Hardwick Collings work, they would say that the life cycle of the mother actually begins at 25, regardless Mm. of whether you birth or you don't birth. And so if you're listening to this, look back at that stage in your life as you ended your twenties or are ending your twenties, as you listen to this and what kind of shifts and changes have been going on? Have you been more passionate about, I don't I really want to birth a garden and grow some food or are you all of a sudden, I don't want to work for this person anymore. I want to birth a business. So there's 
a lot of creatrix mothering going on. And yeah. um, I love that you spoke to that. The The journey is definitely initiated in multiple ways. So thank you for speaking mm-hmm. to that too. Yeah. Oh, Jocelyn, this has been amazing. And I'm so grateful for you sharing and dedicating some of your beautiful time and wisdom. How can all of our listeners find you and connect with you? What What's the best avenue and platform to do that? Um, d- drop me a DM on Instagram um, and I, at Jocelyn Gordon one. Um, and I have a couple of like, what is conscious conception, you know, videos pinned at the top of that page. Um, check out my stories. Cause lately I've just been doing more content and little lessons in the stories. Um, but drop me a DM. Um, also my link in bio. So if you'd like, and I'm sure with show notes, um, you'll have this, but definitely um, the link for birthing bliss. Um, also, if you'd like to apply for make space for baby, which is the six month group holistic preconception preparation program that is by application. So, you know, please apply if you're interested and then we'll hop on a call to make sure it's right for you. Because again, I've had women enter that program, um, but then transition to the one-to-one because they were in a more imminent stage, you know, of um, like just a more restricted timeline. Um, And that one-to-one is really better for that 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 type of person not that type of person but that circumstance the journey yeah Um, yeah um but I'd absolutely love to have more one-to-one clients who are in that one year to three years who are just like I'm going to call it easy skanking I love uncle bob but who are just willing to like easy skank and like do that lifestyle reset in a way that is natural and spacious and very intentional so dropping in my dms is a great way to initiate that conversation um, also contact at jocelyngordon.com. Awesome. Thanks so much, Jocelyn. I will be putting all of those in the show notes. Like you said, links to all the things. Yeah. Oh, well, I do have one final podcast question. It's a question I ask all of our guests and we're going to switch gears. I want you to think back to your younger menstrual self when you had your <laughs> first period. What are three things you wish you had have known then that you now know today? Um, one that that first period didn't mean that I, I was going to get a period then in the next month because, <laughs> you know, the body takes its time sometimes to get into that circular repetitive flow. Um, I think it's great. I think I was always kind of into free bleeding a little bit because I just watched my mom struggle with like those pads. Like back in the day, the they were sanitary napkins, and my like women literally wore a belt with like clips. Mm-hmm. They did. <laughs> it was just a lot. But um, you know, try free bleeding. You know, learn when that's possible for you in your cycle. Um, I think intuitively, I always knew that and having one's own business is not always the best option because they're, you know, sometimes just having going to a job and coming home and being able to shut off of that is like a better option for some people. But one thing I like about my DIY business lifestyle is that I can be at home. Like I, it's very easy for me to orchestrate my life around my menstrual cycle and my bleed cycle. So very much at the end, I'm just like free bleeding, <laughs> like sitting on a towel at my desk. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And my amazing friend, actually, I know you've still got one, one more to share, but before you do my amazing friend, Rosie Rees actually has free bleed blankets I love so you, that. Yeah. And um, she sells them all over the world. Um, the brand is called Splash Blanket. Um, you can it. also find them at the Yoni Pleasure Palace. And the code to get 10% off is Gemma Lee. Because I've been- Love I, it. Rosie and I met back when we were studying wellness coaching in 2013, 2014. And now she's got all these amazing Yoni Pleasure tools. I like um, it. So I'm back, to, back to you for a final three things for your younger menstrual self. So when I said, what did I say? You're not going to bleed every month right away. Free bleed. Um, yeah, free bleed. Um, 
have more fun like in that stage especially when I was younger right before I would bleed like my boobs got really big and full <laughs> which for me as an itty bitty titty uh, committee member was like a really exciting thing so I would say have more fun with that mm, and that's mm. fam. Some I second like, that yeah, like, you know, that doesn't really, it does. I'm going through my second puberty now. I'm perimenopausal. So I'm getting that a little bit. And I'm like, oh, this is fun. <laughs> um, so just like have more fun with that if if you connect. With, with mm-hmm. that. <laughs> and have more fun with it, with your cycle in general. I love it. Yeah. Jocelyn, this has been amazing. And I'm sure everyone has really learned some beautiful little golden nuggets about conscious conception and the beautiful journey that it can be regardless of where you are on the journey and um yeah very grateful for you being here and sharing so thank you so much thank you i i just want to drop this little nugget in that i see i conceived with sienna um at chronological age 40 Mm. Um, speak to what you mentioned earlier um, navigating endometriosis and a retroverted pelvis. And we actually, we conceived three months before our actual trying to conceive time. So just be open. Anything's possible. Mm, I love that. Thank you for sharing. Yep. Thank you so much for tuning into every episode of the Well Woman podcast. For everything we mentioned in today's episode, you can find this in the show notes over at wellsome.com forward slash podcast. If this episode excited you, please hit follow on Spotify, which means all of my episodes will pop up in your feed weekly so you never miss a weekly drop. I'd love you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts too. Love this episode? Come and follow me over on Instagram at wellsom underscore Gemily. Say hi and share what you've taken away from this episode with me. Now, is there a bestie, sister, or a friend who you know who might be fed up, frustrated, and confused with their cycles? Are they ready to join you in awakening their cyclical essence too? Well, take a screenshot of this podcast episode, share it on your socials, email it, text it, or any way you need to get it to them. So together we can all live in flow, harmony, and balance with our cycles. Now, until next time, beautiful, get connected, listen to your body, and remember, body confidence all begins with living in tune with your menstrual cycle.